the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh of the Gospel Defender Ministries. The message you are about to hear will encourage and equip those who have ears to hear to be a Christian, clothed with the armor of a Gospel Defender. Ladies and gentlemen, there are many persons who encountered Jesus during his earthly ministry. We remember these various persons because of the sermons preached, or the lessons taught, or the miracles worked by Jesus when he encountered them. Perhaps no person who Jesus met is more memorable than Nicodemus of John chapter 3. Jesus' discourse with Nicodemus has been the battleground for many theologians regarding what Jesus taught is necessary for salvation. Without question, John 3 is dangerous waters in which to enter. Nevertheless, we put on our spiritual hip boots at this time and wade in. Though he was not well schooled and not have much of a doctrinally sound understanding of the Word of God, he was a man who never failed to remind his grandchildren or anyone else of their need to have God in their lives. Among the many memorable pictures imprinted in my mind is the house in which he lived where he nailed a homemade sign to a tree in his front yard that read, Ye must be born again. That sign fascinated me as a young boy. I had no idea what it meant, but I knew it had something to do with religion. They are the words Jesus spoke to Nicodemus in the third chapter of John. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, 
he cannot see the kingdom of God. Were my grandfather still living, he would be most interested in the message that I am about to deliver. It is my prayer that you who are living will also, as we consider a few of the known facts about Nicodemus. The first fact that we notice about Nicodemus is that he was a Pharisee, but lost. That which is of significance about the fact that he was a Pharisee is that he was religious, but he was lost. Pharisees were religious people. In fact, they were the religious conservatives of their day. The Sadducees, on the other hand, were the religious liberals. Though he was a conservative, he was not an ignoramus. In some circles, religious conservatism is considered ignorance. But Nicodemus was intelligent. But in spite of their religious conservatism, Pharisees were lost in their sins. They were lost in their sins because the full and final payment for their sins had not yet been made. Men living in the days of Nicodemus remained separated from God by their sins because the payment for their sins had not yet been made by the blood of Christ. Thus Nicodemus was a lost, conservative, pharisaical sinner, even as he spoke to the Christ, whose blood could soon forgive him of his sins. Though, Nick, though Pharisees were zealous in their pursuit of religion, they were lost and were a thorn in Christ's flesh. They were ungodly obstacles to the salvation of others. One of the most scorching sermons ever delivered was preached by Jesus in Matthew 23, and it was addressed to scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Today there are many religious people, even religious conservatives among us, who are lost in sin and a thorn in the flesh of the body of Christ, the church, because of their denial of and their refusal to teach the Lord's salvation plan of repentance from sin and baptism in water for the forgiveness of sin. There are preachers who wear high-sounding religious titles, such as bishop, father, reverend, and doctor of divinity, who are lost today because of their rejection of the very plan taught by Christ in Mark 16, verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. They reject the clear exhortation of the apostle Peter, in Acts 2, verse 38, to repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Nicodemus was a religious Pharisee, but he was lost. Not only this, but Nicodemus was powerful, but lost. John notes that Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. Nicodemus was not only a Pharisee, but was a spiritually powerful Pharisee. People looked to him for guidance and direction as far as knowing the will of God 
for their lives. He had a powerful influence in the lives of those around him. Though he was confused and ignorant concerning how to enter the kingdom of God, people looked to him for direction into that kingdom. There are many powerful religious doctors standing behind pulpits and lecterns today who are as much in the dark as was Nicodemus as far as knowing how one enters the kingdom of God. It is bad enough that they themselves have not entered the kingdom of God, but tragically these doctors of the word lead people astray as far as what they must do to be saved. Their disciples follow them down the path of error to eternal death. I will cite only one case to make this point. I recently heard a denominational preacher preach on 1 Peter 3, verse 21. After reading the verse, there is an, also an antitype which now saves us, baptism. The preacher said, now Peter did not mean that baptism saves anyone. Can you believe it? He read directly from the passage that baptism does also now save us, and then said, Peter did not mean that baptism saves anyone. Ladies and gentlemen, if Peter did not mean that baptism saves anyone, then why did he say it did? That preacher will have the same people come back the next time he preaches who will amen his sermon and not be any closer to Christ than they were the last time he preached. We ask ourselves, how can this be? How can he get by with this? The answer is simple. He is spiritually powerful. He is spiritually influential. He is so powerful and so influential that people believe him rather than believe the inspired statement of an apostle of Jesus Christ. Church pews are filled with this kind of hearer, and church pulpits are filled with this kind of preacher. I don't know exactly what was being espoused by Nicodemus as a Pharisee, but I know that whatever it was, people heard it, people believed it, and people obeyed it, because Nicodemus was a powerful Pharisee who was a ruler of the Jews. Not only was he a Pharisee, and not only was he powerful, but also he was perceptive, but lost. We know that he was perceptive because he said to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Either Nicodemus had heard about the signs that Jesus had done, or he had personally seen those signs. In either case, Nicodemus perceived that Jesus was a teacher come from God. His perception was not wrong, but it wasn't completely correct either. Jesus did in fact come from God. A few verses later in this third chapter of John, it is written, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. But Nicodemus did not fully perceive the whole truth of the matter. More than being sent from God, Jesus was God. He was God incarnate. God in the flesh. Today there are many so-called religious people who have some things partially right. They believe Jesus came from God, but they do not believe He is God. They believe He is a creation of God. They believe Jesus built the church, but they do not believe He built His church. They believe in the false doctrine of multiple denominations. They believe that Jesus taught that it is wrong to call any man father. But they do not believe that this prohibition applies to them or their particular religious group. They call their religious leaders father or holy father. Those who find fault with those who call their religious leaders father find no problem at all with addressing their religious leaders as reverend. They believe that Jesus taught the Lord's Supper must be observed in memory of Him. But they do not believe He is to be remembered each and every Lord's Day. Good Friday, Easter, Christmas Eve is often enough as far as they are concerned. Others are willing to remember Him maybe 12 times a year but they will not remember him on each and every Lord's Day. And then there are those who will not remember him around the Lord's table on the New Testament Lord's Day, but prefer to remember him in this way on the Old Testament Jewish Sabbath Day. In John 3, verse 5, Jesus taught, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. But those who say they believe he is who he said he was reject the doctrine of baptism in water for the forgiveness of sins. There are many religious people who perceive that Jesus came from God, but reject his authority and sovereignty by refusing to obey and abide by his doctrines. Like Nicodemus, they too are perceptive but lost. Not only was Nicodemus a Pharisee, powerful and perceptive, but he was perplexed and lost. In his mono-et-mono encounter with the Christ, Nicodemus was perplexed about the way in which Christ addressed the subject of salvation. When Jesus told him, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus asked two questions. How can a man be born when he is old? And can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? After Jesus answered those two questions in the next four verses, Nicodemus asked again, How can these things be? We frequently meet people who are like Nicodemus in this regard. The Word of God is opened and read what the Bible says to do for salvation. We read John 3.16, 1 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the crowd says, Amen. We read Acts 17.30. God now commands all men everywhere to repent. And the crowd says, Amen. We read Romans 10 verse 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And the crowd says, Amen. We read Acts 2 verse 38. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And the crowd is perplexed and puzzled and asks, well, how can these things be? The same crowd who has no trouble believing that faith, repentance, and confession are necessary for salvation is perplexed by the need to be baptized in water. We can only respond in the way in which Christ responded to Nicodemus. Are you a student of God's Word and do not know these things? In eternity there will be many a good, sincere, God-seeking soul in hell who will ask with perplexity the question, How can these things be? How did I end up here? Perhaps the Lord will answer their perplexing question, and uh, perhaps He won't. Actually, He already has in Matthew 7, verse 22. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, there is actually nothing perplexing about it. Salvation is received when all of God's requirements for salvation are obeyed. A Pharisee but lost, powerful but lost, perceptive but lost, perplexed but lost, Nicodemus was not only all of these, but also he was prosperous but lost. Sixteen chapters following John 3, it is written that Nicodemus was one of the company who came to give the body of Jesus a proper burial. John 19, verse 39 says, Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes about a hundred pounds. This was no small sum of money. Nicodemus was not only powerful, but he was prosperous, but lost. Even though he did a good work, he was lost. Even though he gave his money for a good cause, he was lost. He was still in his sins. He had not yet been immersed into the death of Jesus Christ for salvation. Many people are like Nicodemus. They do good works. They are unselfish with their material gain. They give to good causes. Some even give to the church. But similar to Cornelius in Acts 10 verse 2, they have not yet obeyed the gospel terms of salvation and therefore are as lost as those who do not do anything good, who are selfish with their material gain and who do not give to any good cause, including the church. But we do admire people who are generous with their money. 
we who have little of it in comparison to them cannot but be impressed that they are able to give so much. Nevertheless, we must never forget that money cannot buy salvation, even though for some it has bought membership on the local church roll book. No amount of money can purchase that which could only be bought by the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus once asked the profound question, What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but loses his own soul? What shall he give in exchange for his soul? The answer is obvious. There is not enough wealth in the world that can buy salvation. If we had the combined wealth of the world's 100 wealthiest people, it would not be enough to buy salvation at the judgment bar of Christ. The payment has already been made. Ladies and gentlemen, we have noted several facts about Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. He was powerful. He was perceptive. He was perplexed. And he was prosperous. But he was lost. We must make one final observation about him before we leave you in this hour. In view of what is written of him in John 19, verse 39, we would like to believe that Nicodemus became a proselyte of Jesus and was ultimately obedient to the gospel terms of salvation. On that great day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, the Apostle Peter addressed the men of Israel. In his sermon, Peter said that Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Undoubtedly, Nicodemus was in attendance in that special assembly on that special day when Peter proclaimed the gospel terms of salvation to the very ones who had, by their lawless hands, crucified Jesus. I would like to think that Nicodemus was one of those men who asked the soul-searching question in verse 37. Men and brethren, what shall we do in response to Peter's indictment of their sin? I would like to think that when Nicodemus heard Peter's answer to that question in verse 38, to repent and be baptized, that Nicodemus was one of those who gladly received his word and was one of the almost 3,000 souls who were baptized on that day for the forgiveness of his sins. I would like to think that he will be among those present at the Lamb's throne in eternity. Whether or not he will be is yet to be seen by those of us on this side of eternity. But ladies and gentlemen, the more important question for you is this. Where will you be on that great and notable day? There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The 
taste of war is ever dear But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride She is the keeper of my soul She is the church of Christ I'll not surrender I'll not surrender I'll not surrender I know I'll always be A gospel defender Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh speaking. You have just heard another Gospel Defender Ministries radio broadcast brought to you by the church that Jesus built that preaches all of the word to all of the world. Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 16, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. So find someone today who will immerse you into Christ today before it is everlastingly too late. Our mailing address is Gospel Defender Ministries, Post Office Box 575, Chillicothe, C-H-I-L-L-I-C-O-T-H-E, Chillicothe, Ohio, 45601. You can also contact us through the World Wide Web at gospel-defender.org or by email at agosdef, A-G-O-S-D-E-F, agosdef at roadrunner.com. At your request, a written transcript or an audio copy of today's message will be sent to you free of charge with no obligation from you now or in the future. We need to hear from you as soon as possible, so please take the time to contact us today. Now, until you and I meet again, at this same time and at this same place, our prayer is that you will be steadfastly set for the defense of the gospel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 